Our guest this week on Personally Speaking is uh, country music superstar, singer-songwriter Martina McBride. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Losanti, and country music superstar singer Martina McBride joins me now. Martina has sold over 23 million albums, which includes 20 top 10 singles and six number one hits. She has earned more than 15 major music awards, including four wins for Female Vocalist of the Year from the Country Music Association. Martina's hits include Independence Day, This One's for the Girls, Concrete Angels, and my Baby Loves Me. Martina has been married for 35 years to John McBride, and together they're the parents of three daughters, Delaney, Emma, and Ava. She's currently on tour around the country, which includes a show on September 29th at the NYCB Theater at Westbury on Long Island, New York, my hometown. Martina is here with us today to talk about her life, her music, her family, and the values that truly mean the most to her. Before we listen to Martina McBride, though, let's Listen to her sing. This is for all you girls about 25 In little apartments Just trying to get by Living on, on dreams and spaghettios Wondering where your life is gonna go Uh, Martina McBride is our guest, and for us Long Islanders, Long Island, New York, we're delighted that on September 29th, Martina McBride is bringing her concert to what was the Westbury Music Fair, now known as the NYCB Theater at Westbury. Martina, there are so many people on Long Island who love you, looking forward to you coming, delighted that you come. But I have to ask you, you're on a tour bus now as we record this show, heading to Colorado. What is life like on a tour bus? Well, it's pretty close quarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, we like it. I mean, I think I've done it for so long. It's kind of like a little home away from home. We have, you know, I have, um, we have television, a microwave, uh, a bed, and we have sort of a bedroom in the back of the bus with a shower and a bed and, um, you know, a place to get ready, like a vanity table. And yeah, it's pretty cozy. Now, do you get to bring your family with you, or are they home? My husband comes with me because he's my sound engineer. Okay. Um, and then when the girls were little, we brought them with us. But they're twenty nine. Oh, they're twenty eight, twenty five, and eighteen now. So they, oh god, they, 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 their own lives. Yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. We'll talk about them in a little while. But let me go back to family of origin. I'm always amazed. I my mom just recently passed, and I became so conscious of. Uh, what I have, what I am, that are my mom and dad. In the same way, Daryl and Jeannie, your mom, uh, when you look back at what they did to raise you, what did they do right? I think they instilled a strong work ethic. Um, and 
a, hum- a humbleness, you know, humility and mm-hmm. just, you know, just kind of a, oh, the, the, they instilled to do the right thing, you know, to, uh-huh. I guess the sense of moral, a moral, good moral compass. I grew up in a, on a farm. Um, yeah. In a very rural area of Kansas. By real, and the town I went to high school in had about 200 people in it. So, you know, there's a lot of accountability. Everybody knows everybody. You can't really right. hide much. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and you know, gr- growing up on a farm, there was some hard work. And, and I certainly saw my dad um, work very hard. And, and so that was something that was modeled for us. And, yeah, I mean, just a lot of good values. Martine McBride is also someone who has been uh, pretty out front about the fact that she's a believer. Uh, I'm wondering, Martina, did the fact that you have a faith, uh, did it come from your parents? Was it something as as an adult you embraced yourself on your own? How did faith in your life happen? I think a little bit of both. You know, I think it started with my parents growing up, you know, going to church. And we went to a very small little church in that town and Mm -hmm. um, singing in church and things like that. And it it was always part of our... um, the fabric of, of our lives. And then, you know, you get older and you explore and you, you question and you um, get answers and you, you know, you find your own sort of connection mm-hmm. to it, which, which makes it all the more deep and, and, you know, valid. Yeah. I, I want to know too, if you could share with me and with our listeners and viewers, uh, you know, as a, as a Catholic priest, I get to do tons of weddings and I, I always am intrigued by, how anybody comes to get married is such an incredible leap of faith. I mean, you, you date the person for a while, but you're saying yes to a forever. You don't know. Um, when, when you met John, what was it about him that made you say, I think I can build a lasting life with this guy. Well, he was very hardworking. He's very funny. Um, and you know, we grew up with the same value system. I mean, his parents had been married, you know, his whole life and same with mm-hmm. my parents and, and, um, family, we have, we both have siblings that we're really close to and, you know, dinners around the table and just sort of a Midwestern, very similar upbringing, even though he grew up in a, in a city and I grew up in the country, but mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think, I think I just recognized, um, someone that I thought I could grow with. And work with. I mean, it's an amazing thing to see a husband and wife who are as close as you are on a daily basis. And I laughed to myself when you said that he was your sound guy. How many husbands would love to have control over their wife's sound, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me me ask you, because there is this great divide in our country. Sometimes they talk about the East Coast and West Coast and the flyover country. When your roots are Kansas, um, you you kind of have a perspective, I would think, on the value of people on both coasts and everybody in the middle, don't you? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and touring all over the co- country, you know, I I've been in every state and and in um, you know overseas, so I've really experienced a lot of different people and and places, and I'm very lucky that I get to mm-hmm. do that. You know, uh, when you talked before about being on the tour bus and you just said going to every state, which is remarkable to me. Martina, um, I'm wondering when you have that experience of traveling everywhere and you get to meet people, how do you show after show, like you're coming to Long Island at the end of September, how do you possibly get the energy to, like for those people coming to Westbury Music Fair on September 29th, they're so excited to see you and they're fans of yours, but You've been doing this and you're on the road and you, you're putting out the best of yourself constantly. How to do it 
um, at, at a top level every single time. Where does the energy, where does the dynamism come from? Honestly, it comes from the crowd. I mean, uh, I don't like to rely on that 100%. You know, it's not it's my job to entertain. But we, I think that um, the fans underestimate really how powerful they are and how important they are to a show. Right. Because we're on stage receiving whatever they're giving. Right. So if it's positive and loving and excited, then that really fuels our performance. If it's if it's disinterested or, you know, um, n not connected, then that's reflected, unfortunately, as well. But, you know, it, it really is this sort of sense of love that we get from them in an energy that really translates and and what the, the best part about performing live is there is a connection with the audience so it's not just about me singing songs at people you know i'm singing songs with people and there and we are giving back and forth this kind of energy that's really like nothing else right martina mcbride is our guest martina is as i mentioned in the introduction is this incredibly talented singer and interpreter of music but martina people may or may not know that you're not just an interpreter of music you're also a songwriter I guess I've always been amazed because I, I love music so much. Where does inspiration come from? It can come from all different kinds of places. You know, it can come from a conversation you have with someone. It can come from a piece of a conversation you overhear. It can come from a book. Come mm -hmm. from a movie. It can come from um, nature. It can come from experience, uh, either your own or someone else's. It can come from your imagination. I mean, it's it's it can come. It, not that it always comes easy. I'm not saying that. It's not easy, um, but you know it's it is one of those things that when it strikes, it's 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 fun. You know, it's fun to create something. Martina McBride, for those who have seen her in action, has great dynamism, great energy. Uh, she's a beautiful woman. But I got to ask you this uh, age-related question, Martina. Um, you know, I was thirty yesterday, and and that was suddenly thirty years ago. It it goes very quickly. The whole process of aging. Um, if we're lucky enough to be alive, we're aging. It's just part of life. But, you know, we live in this culture that so celebrates uh, youth and, and looking young. And um, how have you put perspective on the necessary process of all of us getting older and not letting it bother us? Well, I don't think it's necessarily easy. I don't think yeah. that it's an easy thing. I think that it's a, you have to kind of work at it. And, um, you know, especially in a an entertainment field whether it's acting music um there are there is a lot of a lot of i don't know priorities the right word put on on youth and you know it's interesting i always thought it's so interesting you finally get to the place where you can really contribute wisdom and experience and it's like that's the time when pe people kind of you know you age out of certain professions or certain things but um it's just a matter of, it's just a fact of life, right? Whether you're, right. I said the entertainment industry, but whether you're an accountant or yeah. a lawyer or a doctor or a singer, you know, it, there comes a time when you've had your time kind of, and our society does kind of push people out sometimes before, I think before they need, before they're, before it's time. Yeah. No doubt about that. In fact, once in a while, I hear from people, hey, there's a, a new young priest who just came to town. I want to tell him, hey, <laughs> the, the old one's looking pretty good, too. You know, <laughs> so, so relax about that. Now, let me ask you this, too, because I'm fascinated. You, Anyone going online to read about you is going to read about uh, 
so many levels of success that you've had and so many uh, really amazing moments of, of being accepted by people, embraced by people for your music and talent. But there's no one in the arts field who doesn't go through a period of uh, going after something where it didn't happen. If people read some of the struggles you went through early on in trying to find your success, they'd realize that there's been struggles for you too. Not just the happy moments when things go right, which is easy to accept, but how does Martina McBride handle the disappointment when I really knew I was perfect for something and it doesn't happen? Yeah, well, you have to just have faith that there is a plan, um, that God has a plan, and that, you know, the, the old saying, when one door closes, another one opens. And you, right. I just think you have to have faith that that you weren't right for that for whatever reason, or maybe it maybe you were right for it, but it wasn't right for you in the long run. Do you know what I mean? So yes. I think that you, we idealize things sometimes. We're like, Oh, I really want this, this acting part or this, uh, I, I want a number one song with this song, you know, I want to mm -hmm. hit, or I want, I want 10,000 people to show up to watch me sing and, and yeah. it, whatever it is, sometimes, you know, it's out of our, it's out of our control and it's really out of our understanding sometimes. So you just have to have faith that, that the right things happen for the right reasons. Now, let me ask you, too, um, a lot of people may or may not know this about you, but you've been an advocate for uh, and actually done charitable work for uh, trying to put an end to domestic violence. First of all, where did the interest in you come from to, to be person who said, we got to stop this stuff? It's, it doesn't belong in our culture. It's a wrong thing to do. It's, a, it's an evil thing to do to people we, we say we love. Uh, where did the interest come in fighting domestic violence? And I guess the larger question how successful are we as a, as a culture, as a country, in, in making sure that this stuff stops? Well, the interest came, I, I recorded a song called Independence Day in 1994. And mm -hmm. um, it just really awakened an awareness in me. You know, like I said, growing up in that small town, while I said we didn't have many secrets, it's also a fact that nobody talked about domestic violence. And, you know, statistically, it was probably happening. So um, I just wasn't really that aware of, of how widespread of an issue it was. And when I recorded Independence Day, I really just started paying attention and it, it awakened this kind of fire in me to want to do something to make a difference. Cause I just thought of, you know, I have a soft spot for women and children in particular. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, so I got involved, involved with some organizations and tried to lend my voice to, to make a difference. And, you know, I think as far as have we, made progress i mean i'd like to think we've made progress i think mm -hmm. i think i think the awareness of it um has grown i mean well, they wouldn't use, uh, there were a lot of stations that would not even play independence day on the radio at the time it came out because it was wow. too you know <laughs> so i think we've made aware uh, a progress with awareness i think that there's a lot of help you know there's there's hotlines and um anonymous tip lines and things where people can get help in their shelters and but it's really still very difficult. And I think that it's uh, it's hard to understand the complexity of the complexities of what is going on in an abusive relationship and on both sides, really. So um, I don't know that it's something that's ever going to go away because, you know, as you said, it's evil. And yeah. obviously our world is made up of good and evil. And so I'm right. not sure that it's ever going to go away. But uh, all we can do is try to, you know, keep raising money, keep raising awareness and keep for me you know singing my song every night right, hoping right. someone in the audience you know can hear it and 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 use it for strength 
Martina McBride is our guest. She's coming to Long Island September 29th. Martina, um, oddly enough, as we're talking about domestic violence, I was doing counseling earlier today and talking to a husband whose wife is ready to split. Um, but he admits to kind of pushing her around, but he said, you know, he didn't mean anything bad by it. You have an opportunity all the time, but even right now while we talk, when men think that some stuff is okay, that you know as a, as a person, as a woman, as a human being is not okay, what do you say to men to wake up their sense of responsibility for? You know, we talk about domestic violence. It wouldn't happen if, if guys wouldn't be a part of it. So what should we be telling, especially a lot of parents and grandparents listen to a program like this. What do we say to our sons and grandsons about uh, what's acceptable and unacceptable behavior? I think it comes down to we have to get uh, gender out of it. And, and what I mean by that is it's just about human beings, right? Mm, so it's mm -hmm. not about how a man treats a woman, how if what is accept it's like you wouldn't want that to happen to you. So like, right, you know, right. it's like do unto others, that kind of thing. So like, it's kind of, you know, it seems like such common sense, right. For you and mm. me, but it's, it's really a, it's, it's, um, it's part of the way people are raised. It's part of their value system that they're raised with. Sometimes people just don't really know any better and they, that they haven't seen a healthy relationship in their lifetime. They don't really right. know that that's not love that's, uh, and controlling people is not loving people. So, uh, I, you know, I would just encourage anyone who's listening, who thinks that they are either in an abusive relationship or might have a problem with abusing another person mm -hmm. or their ch children to, uh, to reach out. And there are a lot of places, you know, there's a national, um, network to end domestic violence. There's websites, you know, you can go and, and, and even talk to people like you about how to get some counseling about how do I handle this? You know, how do I change? Yeah. How do I make it better? Martina McBride is our guest. Martina and John have raised three wonderful, beautiful young daughters. Not so young anymore. I was shocked when you said how old they were. I'm thinking of them as little kids. <laughs> but but when I, I hear you raise these girls, I'm wondering, like, is there a, a right or wrong way from your experience with John to, to raise them in a way that the values that you treasure become their values? Like, how do you teach values? You're a parent. I'm not. I'm fascinated by I, how a parent does the job of saying, I, I want my kids to have right values. Here's what we've done to kind of uh, teach them. Well, that's a complicated uh, question. And, and it's a simple question at the same time. You know, you teach values by modeling. I, I think that yeah, yeah. people, you know, children learn by seeing what you do and hearing what you say and but mostly by seeing what you do and no matter what you say, they, you have to follow through and, and kind of walk, walk the walk, you know? Um, yeah. And also, you know, I, I think while you, while you have your core value system, which is based on do unto others and all the, you know, the, the, all of the things that we are taught as kids, the good mm -hmm. things about um, things change, you know, life kid the kids the the world that our kids are living in our younger kids like are living in now is not the same as the world that i grew up in so yeah while i want to keep while i'm going to keep my same core value system and pass it on i do have to be flexible i have to learn you know i have to be willing to learn about about the world that they're actually living in and how do i want to help them navigate that world because if i just say this is the way it is because this is the way it was when i was growing up that has, has nothing to do with, you know, the actual world that they have to go out and live with. And yes, so you yes. have to have some flexibility and learn so that you can help them navigate that, that world, which is 
the only one that they know, right? Yeah. Do you, do they come to you still for advice? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank thankfully yes. And I and you know what? I go to them for advice. It's, <laughs> That's it's, great. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah, great it when your kids are in ad are adults and you can really get to know them as people and and um, you know we're we're there, we're a strong family unit. We're there for each other. So it's it's really beautiful. Martina, in reading about you, uh, one of the things that struck me was it's admitted that you had this huge career and then along come these babies and that you made a conscious choice to cut back on the amount of tours you took and, and public performances because you wanted to be home for the girls. Um, it, that had to have cost you a bit. No regrets on that? No, I don't have any regrets on that because when it comes down to money or fame, versus mm -hmm. people you know like your people your little people like your your dog just have you don't just have kids you're raising people you know by being on the road was were, was were good experiences for them they're very adaptable they, they 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 love to be around people and travel and go places and uh but also you know them having a no quote unquote normal life where they could have their friends and they could have mm -hmm. their friends over and they could they could have school every day and 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 extracurricular activities and being part of a group and a community um, was important to give them that too. There was a great actress named Catherine Hepburn in her autobiography. She explained why she never had children because she said, I want success so much. And I, she said, I admit I'm a selfish person and, and children demand so much, which is one of the questions I wanted to ask you that, you know, every weekend, Martina, when I'm uh, baptizing babies, I say to the parents, and I mean this, that I think the highest love in my 42 years in ministry, the highest love I recognize is the love of a parent for a child and that you clothe them, you feed them, you educate them, you protect them, you do all this stuff. And then one day you've got to uh, allow them to have a life of their own and to give them the freedom to, to choose which direction they head into. And I can't imagine a more selfless and generous thing than to raise children and then love them enough to let them go to live the life that they have to. Is, is letting go as a parent a hard thing to do? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to see them, you know, they make their own mistakes and it's hard to watch. Sometimes it's hard to sit back. But, you know, like I said, we said earlier, luckily, my friends do my friends. They're my friends, too. My, my <laughs> kids do come to me for advice and we do get a chance. To talk. We, do, we do get a chance to talk through the tough stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, it's 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 hard, but it's also really rewarding. It's really rewarding to see them spread their wings and find mm -hmm. their passion and find their community and, and find their, um, their own lives, you know, their own, their own direction. Yeah. Martina McBride's our guest. She is, uh, on a, another national tour of many. She's coming to Long Island, New York, which we're happy about that. She'll be in our neighborhood. I promise I'm going to wrap this soon, Martina, but I want to ask you this. We are living, everyone admits in a country that, uh, is sometimes perceived as being highly divided. And it's not just our country, the world can seem so divided at times. Um, I guess my question is is a broader one about your personality. Uh, there are people I know who have given up hope, not just on America, but on the world, that we'll ever get our act together and, and recognize that we're all part of the same family, uh, that we have the same God. And uh, Anyway, I, I ask you, are you a person of hope? Especially when we were talking before about, uh, you know and I know instances of domestic abuse. You wonder how can anybody hurt someone they once said they loved. Um, do you find that you are a person of hope. And if you are a person of hope, what's the foundation of your hope? Yeah, I am. A, I'm definitely, a, well, okay. I was going to say, yeah, of course I'm a person of hope. You know, even my songs always sort of have a hopeful mm -hmm. you know, side to them. Um, 
but I do get discouraged just like everyone else. And I do get frustrated and I do worry, but my hope is in sort of in the next generation, to be honest. Um, I think that there are, I mean, I just feel like some younger people are really embracing love, you know, Mm -hmm. and kindness and, and, caring about the environment and all of the things. And so, you know, it's really up to them. It's going to be up to them eventually. So it, it's, I, it's encouraging, you know, having three daughters who care about issues and, and who are, have strong opinions, you know, it's encouraging to see young people step up and young people, you know, voting and, and speaking out. It's just, uh, you know, I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah. You just touched on something. I promised my last question, but you talked about discouragement and it, it triggered in my mind that, uh, uh, Martina was going to be doing and did, in fact, uh, perform with the Judds in the past. But at around the time that you were going on one of the, uh, the tours, I know that that was when Naomi had uh, given way to despair and given way to depression. And I, I just wondered, um, I think we all know people, we all love people who have been through the real illness of, of depression. And it's it's as real as, as cancer. It's as real and genuine as any other illness. Do, do you, mm-hmm. Martina, in your experience, what do you do when people around you are grappling with wrestling with depression? I think that you it's once again, very complex issue. And I feel like you have to just let them people know. I think you should check in on people. Like I try to, yeah, I have yeah. a bunch of friends, some older friends that I just try to check in on and say, you know, are you doing I think checking and I think being available to talk if they want to talk or even just sit with them. They just need you to sit with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe run an errand or just some burdens. I mean, just being being present and trying to let them know that they're not alone. It's but it's tough. It's it's. I'm not a mental health expert, so I don't want to no, 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 give that, away advice that seems too trivial or trite. But no. but I do think that I think that that's you know one way that people that aren't mental health experts can help people that they care about is just by showing up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love that you began by saying, just reach out. If you have a sense that people are in pain, reach out. I want to thank Martina McBride for being on our program. Martina's a great and talented uh, singer and songwriter, but I, I hope our listeners and viewers have picked up today that uh, deeply caring woman, uh, open-minded woman, a great mom, a devoted wife, someone who uh, has done a whole lot of charity work because she recognizes that she's been richly blessed and wants to give back, someone who appreciates her family of origin and uh, tries to be the same kind of mom and parent to her beautiful three daughters. Uh, Martina's coming, as I mentioned, she's on a national tour and she is coming to Long Island, which we're thrilled about. Uh, Martina, thank you for this conversation and thank you for the gift of your music and more importantly, for the heart that you share with so many of us. I appreciate that. It was great talking with you today. Same here, Martina. Thanks and, and all the best. As we end today's program, I thank you for being with us. If you need to reach me, you can get me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to not just listen to this program, you can also see it on YouTube by going to Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. Uh, if you do, please hit like and subscribe. We're also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. And now we're on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.